everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Yang. I'm joined by Xinyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, hold on, what did my Gen Z coworker just say? Slay, I'm dead, and yes, queen are just a few <laughs> phrases that Gen Z have snuck into the American workplace. But for older colleagues not keeping up with the latest trends, those phrases might just fly over their heads. Or worse yet. Their meaning might be misinterpreted. We take a look at the generational differences in how we talk at work. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast, and now also on Spotify and the platform of your choice. Now on Roundtable, we now have possibly the most. Age diverse workforce we've ever had. There are four, sometimes even five, distinctive generations working side by side. Couple that with the fact that we now have more ways to communicate than ever before, and you sometimes end up with confusing, anxiety-inducing, and sometimes comical miscommunication, as defined by the Pew Research Center. Gen Z consists of anyone born between 1997 and 20. 12, which means the older end of Gen Z is now in the workforce, alongside millennials who are born between 1981 to 1996. Gen Xers, those who are born between 1965 and 1980, and baby boomers, those born between 1946 to 1964. So yes, 15 years. Makes one generation, it、huh. seems, and here in China, it's just far easier. Every decade makes one generation of people, so it's easier to categorize that way. But anyhow, we've all taken this workplace lingo quiz put together by the Washington Post. Which generation your office speech style most closely resembles? I want to ask you guys. So, Xinyu, what's your answer? Yeah,、um, my result shows that my work communication style is a mix of millennial and Gen X, and also I have some Gen Z habits in the office. So forty-one percent of my responses sound like a millennial. And you are a millennial, right? Yeah, I am a millennial. Okay. And Josh,、uh, are you a member of the Gen Z? I don't think so. Okay. I think I'm more of a. I'm on the. I'm on the edge of it. Okay. So.、Yeah. What about your office speech style then? Well, apparently, I'm thirty-five percent Gen Z, and the rest of me is Boomer. So, <laughs> so those born between nineteen forty-six to nineteen sixty-four. 
Yeah, <laughs> I guess well, so. maybe your language is that refined, my friend. <laughs> so I'm doubting the validity of this test, you know. But but still, I, it makes sense to me, though. Mm. As as most tests do, when you see the result, you start to apply your own reasoning to it. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. What about you, Heyang? Oh, thank you very much for asking. <laughs> um, okay, so I am a millennial, mm-hmm. but my. Uh, Office lingo test results came back saying that you sound most like a Gen Xer at work. <laughs> <laughs> so the generation before uh, the millennials. millennials, and also I have uh, a relatively large percentage of millennial and Gen Z in me. Mm. But overall, I'm considered as a Gen Xer at work. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating that if this test is. Indicative to some extent to you know the way we talk in the workplace, then maybe it shows that well it's completely bogus all of this generational differences because like our ages real ages don't actually match its um, test results. Okay, so like it remotely matches, I guess. Anyhow, I'm curious to hear what you guys、uh, think about this and.、Um, Which questions in the quiz do you believe most clearly indicate that、um, there might be generational differences in the way we speak in the workplace?、Um, I remember one of the questions that I uh, answered. Uh, the question goes like, "The past several weeks have been a doozy, and you've worked like long days and nights, met crazy deadlines, and dealt with problems at work and home. To top it off, this morning you slept through your alarm and spilled coffee on your shirt." <laughs> And your power went out. You were at your mental edge. What do you do? And then I picked the one、um, that to take the day off to decompress,、mm. but refrain from explaining. So all your employer needs to know is you are taking a sick day. So I think that's kind of a millennial style way of responding. But for、uh, Gen Zers, I think they definitely、uh, will choose to. Tell their boss that you're anxious、uh, or burn out and need a mental health day. For boomers, I guess they will choose to suck it up and get your work done.、Mm. Um, you don't highlight your personal struggles at work, and you deliver.、Mm. So that that's kind of the differences I can I can see from this question. Yeah, for an older worker, maybe the notion, well, at least in China,、uh-huh. if you say <laughs> you need a mental health day, I can just. Imagine the kind of backlash you might receive、yeah. from an unsympathetic older boss, but maybe you have better luck than that.、Um, yeah, Josh, what、mm. what are your thoughts? And also, what's one question out of this quiz that you find to be, huh? This kind of、uh, signifies what the generational differences are about in the workplace language area. Okay, so to answer your first question. What I think about that, I think that that's really interesting when we talk about mental health because I think that really has been a sort of defining, very clear milestone of difference in recent years, generationally, and about our approaches towards mental health. I still think that it's pretty controversial and stigmatized to this day, as、mm. we've discussed on this show quite a lot, right? So, I think that that is. Kind of an accurate signifier of what sort of communication style you might have, but I also think that it isn't. I think that every generation, obviously, will suffer from mental health, and I think that it's quite difficult to sort of sum it up in one question. But anyway, I think that 
one of the questions that's most interesting for me is probably one of the most boring questions, <laughs> but I, I think that it's quite significant and m one of the more accurate questions to help us decide where we lie here. And I, it was, a colleague sends an email asking you for an update on a project. What are you most likely to do in your response? Basically, how are you going to write it? Is it double space between sentences? Is it a lot of exclamation points to sound enthusiastic, less formal salutation like hey or hi, um, avoiding emails for quicker messaging options and things like this? And for me, I think this is why I've got a lot of boomer, apparently. <laughs> I consider it really important to write really well worded, grammatically correct mm. emails and things mm. like this. I guess it might be something to do with my degree and because I, I always studied like history and stuff like this where all I was doing was writing and I was it was drilled into me that grammar is so important um but also I think that it it is important because for me it's respect and politeness and also it's a time-saving tool I think for a lot of people they maybe think well what's the point in wasting time writing a grammatically correct email but in my opinion I don't know if this makes me a boomer, but I think that that's a time-saving device because if an email is written really well and it includes all of the information that you want to give to somebody and you think about it, that can actually save you time in the long run. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's anything to do with having a different generational idea. I just think that that's time-saving and effective communication. Mm. But, you know, maybe maybe that that is that does make me more of a boomer. But I wonder, do Gen Zers, they write emails nowadays in the workplace? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It seems like to be more of a continuous form of communication. I mean, we spend so much time now on our smartphones, right? It's like yeah. we're constantly talking to one another, mm -hmm. right? Yes, I think um, this might be also of a difference in um, different countries of uh, the company culture. Because in China... I think uh, in a similar fashion, like most of us skipped the credit card phase in banking, in the uh, office space, we skipped the email phase and went straight to instant messaging. Mm -hmm. So like so much of work, unfortunately, maybe, is conducted via WeChat or yeah. some of these messaging apps. And even in court, now these messaging apps can be used as evidence. evidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. your screenshots. And um, therefore, emails never uh, really had the kind of heyday they, mm -hmm. they enjoy in the Western office uh, as such. But Josh, I also wonder, so yes, beyond, you know, this, this particular medium of communication, maybe we have particular styles of communication that goes with it. So in other words, instant sure. messaging, then, you know, you might be using GIFs, you might be using shorter words and also abbreviations as such. Mm. But in emails, I also feel that it is incredibly unprofessional if you are using all kinds of emojis yeah, right. or abbreviations or whatnot because for me if I am writing an email then usually it is pretty formal I'm thinking this could be used in a legal battle in the future maybe um <laughs> and also this yeah. is probably like addressing um formal business matters and therefore I feel it's appropriate to use standardized uh formal language that goes with it but also i wonder josh aside from these um you know formats that we're just talking about here 
Could it be that um, when we first joined the workforce and the kind of company you uh, were hired and, uh, you know, where, where you got your sort of uh, sort of like your first rite of passage in the office lingo, um, if it was a very like formatted and stiff environment and you felt, well, I need to really get the language, you know, correct accurate and uh you know grammatically pristine then that's how we were kind of taught i think but if you but if your first job was let's say at some startup company where people wear roller skates i don't know (laughs) hoodies or you know and just relax in bean bags during lunchtime then maybe the written language or the language used in the workplace might be a little bit different so i wonder maybe has something to do with the exact business environment that we grow accustomed to as young adults when we first joined the workforce might have something to do with it. And that explains why I sound like a Gen Xer when I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that also what we're talking about here is the difference, the generational differences in our emotional attachment to work. And as we've discussed on this show before, some of the generational differences about what different generations expect from their company. We've discussed before how Gen Z want to work with a company that's more morally aligned with themselves, right? They find that really important and to get along well with their colleagues and things like this. Whereas older generations, apparently it's less important. It can be a means to an end or something like this. And I I think though that there's quite a lot of conflictual arguments here about this, but either way, I think that everything for me is to do with communication. And when I see the difference between these kind of emails, for example, it's not only a time-saving thing, as I mentioned before, but I also see it as an emotional detachment. Um, The difference between, say, instant messaging, using emojis and things like this, compared to an email, which can be quite cold and emotionless. But I like that, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be emotionally attached to everything at my work and in my job mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a generational difference there as well do you agree I think so and that's such a revelation for some people because back in the day like for maybe gen xers or maybe boomers, boomers. at least for the boomers in China I think mm-hmm. they grew up being educated that work is life um, I think yeah. and and it's almost like uh how how could you not be 100% devoted to your work but now look at the younger generation I think it's really good for you when you're <laughs> like to a certain uh extent detached to work because I've said this before and I'll say it again if you're wholeheartedly devoted to one single thing and that thing collapses you collapse and that's now not how we should live life. And, you know, you should sort of diverse the the risks and stuff. But anyhow, I think it's great that people are finding a breather elsewhere and finding hobbies and a life outside of work. And, and that just makes us more like healthy and wholesome people, in my opinion. And I know you have something you want to share here. I think um, for me, I haven't felt that that much of a difference in my workplace so far. But I do find that when I am communicating with seniors or uh, managers, I am um, I intend to use more formal way of communication mm-hmm. or 
to be more respectful and oh, yes. polite. But for like coworkers or peers, I, I tend to use more casual uh, way of communication, like uh, sending emojis <laughs> and uh, short texts instead. Yeah. So, oh, the length of each text message apparently is indicative of your generation mm. that you belong to, apparently. And I have to say, and it, you know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way, but I've told myself to just grow used to it. That is, you know, for Gen Zers, apparently Zoomers just love, like, like you, they have a whole train of thought, and then it feels like they're musing with you. <laughs> you know, these like whole, like a whole um, series of bombardment of um, short sentences, and yeah. you know, that's how they text. But for me, I'm more like. Yeah, I think it's more respectful if I sort of organize my thoughts and I'll write it up in one block yeah, and send it over. Yeah. But uh, apparently, that just makes you older, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Josh, I know you're really particular with the language you use uh, at work. So how do you feel about that? Um, you're, you're part of Gen Z, that generation. So what, what do you think about this? Well, I think that this test is inaccurate. That's what I think, mm. because I think that that doesn't define me. I, I think that, you know, concerns about grammar and communication um, are much more multifaceted than 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 that. So yeah. I think that there should be several questions about that, because it also depends who you're talking to. Mm. I mean, I when I speak to you, Heyang, I, I don't send you you know, one email a week that's perfectly, you know, grammatically correct, <laughs> right? It, it's not like that. I just speak to you through WeChat. And so I think it depends on the social context. It depends who you're talking to. Some of these questions were one of your colleague makes a joke. How would you react? It depends on the colleague for me, you know, mm-hmm. some, some colleagues. Depends on the joke I would... as well. <laughs> yeah, it depends. exactly. It depends on the joke. If the joke's terrible, then I probably would just ignore it, you know, unless but, but I have to. But if it's to. your boss, you know, then you probably just give yeah, them. I didn't no. say that in yeah. the test, you know. If it's my boss, I would send all four of the answers, you know, <laughs> at the same time. So I think that this test needs to, I think that it's well-researched and it appears that it is. But as usual, when it comes to anything related to our personality, which really is what we're talking about here, we're not talking about you know, our, your generation that much. I think we're more trying to define personality. And as we know, personality tests are v- very complicated mm. and mm. often are inaccurate. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think these results just show the preferences of how you want to communicate with uh, your co-workers or employers. And I think the ultimate goal is to see that different generations, they have different ways of communication and Mutual understanding is important so that we can improve the communication proficiency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. On that note, then, uh, Josh, could you give us a few examples of slang terms or emojis that Gen Zers are using that might confuse the rest of us? Well, now I feel like a boomer because I don't even want to say this. <laughs> you know, Put you on the spot like that. Or maybe I can start I off. Can. You can? I can. Okay. Well, there's a lot of them. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that. Things like mid, sus, slay. Mid is like, you know, it's just average, kind of mi- middle. I think it's like a shortened for middle or midway, right? So it's not that important. I hope I've got these wrong, you know, um, but I, I think I've got them right. Sus is like suspect. So mm-hmm. that, you know, if you think something suspicious or suspect, you might say this. Slay mm-hmm. is what 
people don't ever say to me, but I think that <laughs> it's, it's said, you know, when somebody's sort of being themselves or doing something for themselves, like maybe going out there a bit and um, it might be something to do with fashion. I often see uh, things related to fashion or self-confidence, some things to do with self-worth. If you do something admirable in this regard, then you might say you are slaying, okay. which it, actually is a word that means that you are killing, yeah. murdering. But couldn't it also mean just you, you killed it, you know? You yeah. absolutely nailed that's, it. Yes, that's more of a millennial phrase, yes. So mm. I guess, yeah, Thank you killed you. it. <laughs> I mean, a... <laughs> I understand that one as well. I'm not. I'm not Gen Z. I'm just okay. not. You I'm are, not. but you're no, not. You're not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I think I'm about a year out. You're. You're a, I'm a so year confused in. now. I'm having an identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> On the show, that's a whole, like wrap him in blankets. You know, don't make him more like distraught and confused. You have support here, my friend. But there's definitely one thing that confused me. Oh, surprise, surprise! Mm. The skull. The emoji. A emoji. Of the skull. You know, so in our Chinese culture, that's oh, so ominous. But apparently here it means someone is laughing so hard they're dead. So, really? Yeah. So this is like a really, so it's a positive thing for like okay. English speaking Gen Z. And um, immediately that creates confusion if you don't know <laughs> what that means. I've, I found uh, several slang terms that Gen Z use like lit. Have you? <laughs> so it's so it's old fashioned now or still it's, popular? It's, lit. It's a bit old. I thought it's that's millennial. I okay, thought. see this one. Yeah. G O A T. Do you know what that means? G O A T. Goat. Yeah, goat. The greatest of all time. <laughs> oh my god, that's not Gen Z. That's like <laughs> okay, okay. And then check this one out. Let him cook. <laughs> Have yeah. I checked the wrong book? <laughs> no, no, no. I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. Let him cook. So do you know what that means? What does that mean? <laughs> so it means uh, to freely let a person do something that they're good at. Uh, it's popularized on Twitter in early 2023. So, for example, like, hold on, let him cook. Mm, that's a expression. Yeah. Okay, one of the emojis that I think might also create confusion is the uh, interpretations of pursed lips emoji. So it's like, like kissing. Yeah, but but it's not. It's no. not you kissing, guys. Not kissing. Yeah, and that's like oh, the cute. Oh, I know, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Spill the beans, then, Josh. <laughs> well, well, I think this is quite amazing because emojis can convey quite complex feelings. I don't know if I could sum it up in one word, but am I right in thinking that it means that if I could use one word, maybe unimpressed? It's sort of like a cheeky, judgmental pursing of the lips, and you can tell mm. from my voice. It's sort of like, oh, I told you so, instead of right. a kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the cutest thing when all three of us were like, you know, pursing our lips <laughs> in this in, in the studio. Never mind. So immediately, you know, if let's say a person who doesn't understand this Gen Z interpretation of the emoji, then you might think, what? Sexual harassment case <laughs> on the brink or something like that. Um, so there could be some of these uh, misinterpretations that um, don't end well in the workplace, possibly. So, okay, guys, just the way that we dissected or as we attempt to dissect the uh, Gen Z work lingo feels a little cringe. And I wonder where the onus is to adapt to language in the workplace. I mean... 
Whose responsibility is it to cross this verbal and textual divide? Well, I do believe in, you know, earning your stripes. And I do believe in a certain degree of hierarchy and somebody who's been working there for a long time, maybe earning respect. And I, I do believe in earning respect. I mean, I, the more I talk about this, the more old school I think I sound. So <laughs> I, I think that everybody on an individual level, just generally in the world needs to try to be flexible and, you know, uh, willing to change. And otherwise, you're just going to have a difficult life, I think. And in the workplace, I think it's no different. However, I think that companies need to be inclusive. I think that the work culture needs to be inclusive. And I think the responsibility, um, you know, to make sure that everybody gets along um, lies on the shoulders of the company themselves. I don't think it lies on the shoulders of the individual employees. So I, I'm not exactly sure how that can happen. But um, yeah, I mean, better work socials and things like this, not just pizza in the office once every two months, you know? Yeah. See, I miss that. Like ever since COVID, like people don't really group together the way they used to that mm. much anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, having an office pizza party... Well, in the past, I might have just checked my calendar and come up with an explanation of absence. Uh, but now I, I'm up for that. I wouldn't mind that. And I haven't seen you in person in flesh in so long, Josh. It would be so great yeah. to actually it's meet up. It's great for communication, right? Yeah. These kind of things. I mean, it, it, that is how you have better communication. It's to actually meet people um, and socialize with them. But of course, most people don't want to spend any extra time at work than they already do, right? <laughs> so that's what I mean. You got to make these work socials better. Yeah, make the world hear what you just said, Josh. Because I think you just uttered some very truthful words. Maybe this is why I'm not a manager, though. <laughs> <laughs> we need people like this in the managerial position. Um, just wait, Zoomers. You'll get there. Well. I think more Gen Zers, they are coming into the workforce. And so for many uh, workplaces, uh, we are seeing a mix of different generations. So I think it's a shared responsibility and also a collective effort to adapt to different communication styles of different generations. Um, the goal is to better understand each other and improve work efficiency. So to to have this kind of open communication and a willingness to understand and learn from each other they are essential for creating a workforce that where everyone can communicate effectively yes kumbaya you guys make it sound like such a lovely place and yes the truth of the matter is that the onus is on everyone so for the older generations i think just this effort to try to understand better what the younger workers are saying, I think that's commendable and vice versa too, you know, showing respect to seniors or people in higher positions as such. And I understand in our Chinese culture, sometimes that's super important. It can make or break one's career in the beginning stages or whatnot. And uh, I think awareness is important and, yeah. and learning to an extent uh, it, it is important, but don't try too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no need to try so hard. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Xinyu and Josh Cotterell, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. You can always find us on Apple Podcast at Roundtable China. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>